Shalom, shalom, and Boker Tov to all of you. Good morning. This is the Radio Network Program, and we say to you, good morning to Europe and Australia, Canada, the USA, Asia, too. And it is so nice to have all of you with us. Lots of listeners this morning to the Radio Rabbi Program. I am your Radio Rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Aiello, and I am very happy to be back on the air. We like to say good morning not only to all of our listeners around the world, but also our Christian friends on their way to church or coming back from that early service. Maybe you stopped and had a little breakfast, a little coffee. And uh, we appreciate your consistent support of Israel. That's why we always like to thank you, because these days it is so very, very important. And last week I told you that the Radio Rabbi Show has two new BFFs, right? Yes, indeed. And I hope you remember who they are. If you don't, one of our new BFFs is Mr. Bill, our producer. Hi, Mr. Bill. Good morning. I'm honored at the title. I'm not only a producer, I'm also a fan, just like everyone else. Well, thank you so much. And we certainly appreciate all you do, pushing the right buttons, plugging in the right cords. The technology. It's all about and, the buttons. Uh, it's all about the buttons. Thank you so much for all you do. We certainly appreciate it. And our other BFF, of course, is our brand new sponsor, the Sarasota Watch Company. We thank you so much for helping us, for being with us, and for being a sponsor of the Radio Rabbi program. Well, we have good news today. Mazel Tov to Alex. Alex became a bat mitzvah, a daughter of the commandment, right here in our synagogue in Italy, synagogue near to me, Del Sud. And, of course, we had our weddings last week. So we say hazak to Enrico, who made a beautiful freestanding chuppah that was adorned with beautiful green greens and vines and red begonia. So it was really, really lovely, and we thank Enrico for that. And uh, we're going to be talking about this history and traditions of the chuppah, the bridal canopy, later on in the program. And uh, I also am going to share with you a phenomenon, a phenomenon that I call ritual rescue. And uh, back by popular demand, of course, thank you for those of you who wrote me and said, would you do a morning minion? And absolutely, of course, I will. We do have a special dedication today. Today's Radio Rabbi program is dedicated to the memory of a very special lady. Allison Shaman remembers her beloved mother-in-law, Asunta, known lovingly as Mama Sue, who passed away on July 19th, just a few days ago. She was born in Carole, Cosenza, in Calabria, and she will be truly missed by all who knew her. Well, today is Sunday, July 29th, 2018, and on the Hebrew calendar, it is the 17th day in the Hebrew month of Av in the year 5. 5,778, and if you're following along in your Tanakh, in your Jewish Bible, the Torah portion, or the Parsha, as we say in Hebrew for this week, is Ikev, E-I-K-E-V. We are coming to the end of the year, which means that we'll shortly be preparing for the High Holy Days by sounding the shofar every morning during the Hebrew month of Elul, and we will have a special program on uh, on Elul and on the history and traditions of the shofar, which I know so many of you enjoy. I have quite a shofarot, that's plural, I have quite a shofarot collection, and I'll share some of them with you 
because it is a mitzvah not only to sound the shofar, but to hear it as well. And speaking of hearing, we have some wonderful music for you today. Let's get started with Andy Statman and David Grishman, the the CD is The Songs of Our Fathers, and we like that tuba music, don't we, with the David Melech Yisrael. Let's listen. clapping and your feet tapping? I hope so. This is the Radio Rabbi Program. I am your Radio Rabbi. This is AM 930 The Answer. We're here every Sunday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. And thank you so much for joining with us. And we like to get started with some lively music. And that was pretty lively, wasn't it? David Melik Yisrael, Andy Statman, and David Gershman. It is uh, so nice to share that piece of music with you. I love the tuba. You know, many of you know who know me and have listened. You know, we're in our 17th year of the Radio Rabbi program. If you've been a longtime listener, you know that I play the trumpet. At least I did until I fell and broke my wrist. And oy vey, you don't want to know. But uh, having trouble doing the fingering on the trumpet. And uh, an elderly man who's a friend of mine in, in uh, his 90s, he, I was complaining. And he said, look, darling, get a trombone. So I did. I got a trombone and I'm starting to play. And uh, I really like it, a slide trombone. But that was a tuba on David Melek Yisrael. Well, thanks for all your emails and good wishes and for your request for Morning Minion. Uh, this morning, our information comes from Reconstructing Judaism, which of which Synagogue Near to Me del Sud here in Italy is now an affiliated member. And the uh, on the webpage, they have a wonderful department called Ritual Well, like the well, deep well of wonderful rituals, Ritual Well. 
And so we're going to share a morning minion from Reconstructing Judaism this morning. Imagine reciting a hundred blessings each day. Well, that's what the Talmud teaches. According to tradition, we should say these blessings over experiences ranging from walking and eating to wearing new clothes or to starting a journey or taking a trip. There is even a prayer for smelling a freshly mown lawn. Well, why? Blessings remind us that our lives are full of moments waiting to be lived fully. The act of thanking God for creating fragrant grass turns an everyday occurrence into something holy. When we pause to say a blessing, we draw attention to life's ordinary moments, and then we elevate them, and we fill them with meaning. Ritual serves the very same purpose. Just as saying a blessing before eating helps us appreciate the gift of food and the labor behind it, so too a ritual for the first day of school makes us grateful for health, growth, and the comfort of seasonal cycles. We can make the everyday holy with a ritual as simple as tucking a child into bed each night with a story and a kiss. We can also create more elaborate rituals to mark transitions such as moving into a new home, starting or ending a job, making changes in personal relationships. Jewish rituals, old and new, help us sanctify our precious and singular lives. So, let's take a moment. What natural wonders are just outside your door, just beyond your window? A tree? A flower, a plant, a body of water, a mountain or a hill, a leaf, a branch, a pond or a puddle. No? Well, bring to your mind's eye one that you have seen before. Think about something in nature that gave you pause, and now we'll make the blessing. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam osem azeh you are blessed, our God, ruler of the world, source of creation. And let's do that blessing again. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam osem Baruch at ya Eloheinu roach ha'olam osem ha'asevereshit. You are blessed, our God, spirit of the world, source of creation. Morning Minion, a little blessing for the nature around us right here on the Radio Rabbi program. Well, I know we like our traditional music and we also like the new takes on some of the old songs. The artist is Bietachon. The CD is Soul, Food, and an old favorite done in a new way. That would be Adonalam. Let's listen. Dum, 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 dum. Dum 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 dum. Adonolam, I don't 
A little doo-wop there on the Radio Rabbi program. I'm your Radio Rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Aiello. This is AM 930, The Answer. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be back on the air. Absolutely. Did you enjoy that doo-wop version of Adon Alam? I know I did. The artist Beetacho on the CD, Soul Food. Very, very nice. Well, we're going to talk about something that uh, hmm, might not be so pleasant, but I think we need to speak about it. I call it ritual rescue. What happens to Judaica when our kids don't want it? Hmm. Well, in her article, My Obsession with Buying Abandoned Jewish Objects, author Linda Pressman describes how she found herself immersed into what I like to call ritual rescue, saving discarded Jewish ritual items. Linda Pressman writes, it first happened right after I got married. I was at a rundown antique mall and there it was, someone's abandoned brass menorah with Hebrew written on it. And it was made in Israel. The sales tag said only candelabra. Ms. Pressman says she bought it right away. Thus began Linda's rescue efforts, propelled in part by her Holocaust survivor parents and grandparents. They were forced from their homes by the Nazis who stole not only the family's Judaica treasures, but their attachment to Jewish observance as well. Linda Pressman puts it this way, As a college student, I literally, literally had to claw my way back into my own religion and raise myself Jewish. Scouring secondhand and antique stores for Jewish stuff helped Pressman capture a tradition that for her was nearly lost forever. Well, you know, I can relate. In my 20 years as rabbi, a majority of those years were spent serving older Jewish congregants. Many of these elder Jews had collected dozens of Jewish ritual items, from drawers full of bar and bat mitzvah commemorative yarmulkes, kippot, to ornate Shabbat candelabra, to havdalah sets and wine-stained, deeply creased talitot, so many things that prior to making the journey to the local Goodwill store often ended up in my hands. I'm downsizing, said Ellen, a 90-year-old who was about to move into a retirement community. I tried to give my husband's talisman to fill in to my son, but he said he didn't want them. I just couldn't throw them into the giveaway box, so I brought them to you. That's what Ellen told me as she dropped off a box of things at my door. And you know, Ellen wasn't the only one. Over the years, elderly Jews have brought me Shabbat candlesticks, ornate Hanukkah menorahs, battered kiddish cups, and a shoebox filled with an entire collection of mezuzot from all around the world. And even though I'm running out of storage space with love and gratitude, I accept every one of them. Because like author Linda Pressman, I also scour the Goodwill and secondhand stores. And when I find a hand-engraved kiddish cup, I have found one that said Baruch Ben Yosef, 
1955, a shalom wall plaque or a tattered matzah cover. No matter what, I buy them all. Ironically, as a board member for an international Jewish organization called Kulano, Kulano is a Hebrew word that means all of us, I have the opportunity to assist emerging Jewish communities in isolated areas of the world. In this capacity, I'm able to send discarded American Judaica to congregations like those in Uganda, Madagascar, Nicaragua. And in addition, I often bring these items to members of my own congregation right here in southern Italy, all of whom are enormously appreciative to receive them. But these gifts do not solve the problem of what to do about family Judaica that children or grandchildren don't seem to want. For those of us who are holding on to Bubby's Seder plate or Zadie's Talit, there are some steps we can take to keep our Jewish family heirlooms in our families. Start by taking your Judaica out of the box. Freshen it up. Display it in your home. That means taking Zadie's talus to the dry cleaner or having someone, even if your hands aren't working so well, uh, help you polish the brass Hanukkah menorah. When When your Judaica looks loved and cared for, your pride in your heritage will be obvious to your family. And then you can take time to explain the significance of this displayed Judaica to your grandchildren and even to your great grands. For example, we have a story around Zadie's Talit. I remember when your great-grandfather wore this on Rosh Hashanah. I liked to sit next to him and play with the fringes. Personalize your Judaica with happy memories, and your family members will want to embrace those memories by bringing the long-lost, long-lost Judaica into their own homes. If you have no one to uh, to whom you can pass on a treasured kiddish cup, a seder plate, or a spice box, share your items with a local synagogue that welcomes converts, Jews by choice. Often someone who has converted to Judaism doesn't have family treasures and would appreciate bringing your Judaica into their family. Last year in a local Goodwill store, I found a very old kiddish cup. It sat on a shelf crowded with an assortment of pewter and silver goblets and was so tarnished that I nearly missed the inscriptions. Engraved on the cup, complete with a delicate Magain David, the Star of David, were the names of three generations of bar mitzvah boys and the dates of their celebrations. The cup was nearly a hundred years old. Sad as it was to see where this treasure ended up, my ritual rescue instinct kicked kicked in and I brought the Kiddush cup home. Now I use it for bar and bat mitzvah celebrations, encouraging our Italian boys and girls whose families are reclaiming their Jewish roots to lift the cup, make the blessing, and give new life to a tradition one family has lost before others has been rediscovered and embraced. You know, in ancient times, our sages encouraged what was called in Hebrew, Hidur Mitzvah, Hidur Mitzvah, which means taking the time and making the effort to enrich our Jewish ceremonies with the most beautiful ritual objects we can find. Many of these gorgeous items now hide in storage bins or sit forlorn on secondhand store shelves, just waiting for a family's attention once more. From your table to your descendant's table to a convert's table to the rickety table in an emerging congregation some in some remote place in the world, ritual rescue can bring our Judaica back to life. 
Ritual Rescue here on the Radio Rabbi Program. Do you have some things you are hidden away? Take them out. Display them in your home. Make them be a part of your family tradition right here on the Radio Rabbi Program. Bruce Benson is our next artist, and the CD is The Rock Service. Shalom Rav means bring peace. That's very important, isn't it? Let's listen to Shalom Rav. Yeah. 
That was Bruce Benson with Shalom Rav right here on the Radio Rabbi program. I am your Radio Rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Aiello, and this is AM 930, The Answer. Well, I am delighted and honored to welcome Steve and the entire staff of Sarasota Watch Company as the brand new sponsor of the Radio Rabbi program. I had the pleasure of speaking with owner Steve Shimanoff, who opened the world of Sarasota Watch Company for me, and what I learned was just remarkable. First, there's nothing like skill, dedication, and hard work to make a small business grow, and that's just what Steve and his staff have done. Tapping into three generations. Steve's family tradition of watchmaking and repair serves all of his customers so well. From an impressive array of vintage watches, including a pocket watch from the 1800s to state-of-the-art Rolex timepieces, it's Sarasota Watch Company that has what you've been looking for when it comes to beauty, craftsmanship, and style. So I'm going to ask you to stop by Sarasota Watch Company and see for yourself. Gorgeous Rolexes, new and pre-owned, along with classic jewelry from diamonds to one-of-a-kind estate pieces, and they are all reasonably priced. Steve says we pay top dollar for jewelry and watches, and our customers tell us that working with us is hassle-free, and that is important. That is the Sarasota Watch Company, and they are located at 4180-4180 Tamiami Trail. Stop by or call Steve at 941-953-1315-953-1315. So, Time is right, pun intended, for a pre-owned or new watch or an expert watch repair. Stop by the Sarasota Watch Company, a wonderful family enterprise. And we thank you so much for being a sponsor of the Radio Rabbi Program. A regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi Program is the Misha Barak. We pray for those who are ill and in need of refuashlima, a Hebrew phrase that means complete healing of body, mind, or spirit. And we say aloud the names of those among our friends and family members who are ill because we do as the Jewish mystics instructed, the Kabbalists. They said there's greater strength when we pray together, even when we pray alone. And so today, so today we pray for complete healing for Alexander Alessandro, Carolyn, Annie, James, Anne, John, Dennis, Gary, Kurt, Bill, and Barbara. And also, I was asked to remember Victoria and Andrea, as well as all of the Greek citizens and vacationers who were hurt in the fires that uh, took the lives of over 100 people. We listened to the words of healing sung by 
Debbie Friedman of Blessed Memory, let's pray and sing together the Misha Barak prayer.
Misha Barak, Prayer for Healing, a regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi program. We included in our prayer list this morning the survivors of the Greek wildfires, and uh, I wanted to share with you that the Times of Israel reports that Israel offers Greece help in battling those deadly wildfires. Israel offered uh, to help Greece put out these deadly wildfires that killed dozens of people last week, ravaged resort areas, and last report count last reports count 100 plus lives lost and 200 people injured. As usual, and as we have come to expect, Israel is the first of the international first responders ever at the ready to help. Public Security Minister Gilad Erdan tweeted a message of empathy with the Greek authorities and the peop- and people as they battle the flames. Israel will be ready, of course, to help Greece with land and air and fire extinguishing whenever it is requested, he wrote. Greeks sought international help through the European Union as the fires on either side of Athens left lines of cars torched, charred farms and forests, and sent hundreds of people racing to beaches to be evacuated by Navy vessels, yachts, and fishing boats. Authorities said Cyprus and Spain offered assistance after the request for EU help was made. In 2016, Greece, along with Cyprus, was one of the first two countries to respond when Israel asked allies to send firefighting planes and other equipment and personnel to help fight blazes that burned thousands of acres and damaged hundreds of homes in the north of Israel. Following those fires, Israel said it would form a regional emergency response force together with Greece and Cyprus to tackle future fires. Greece also sent firefighting planes to Israel in 2010 when the Haifa region was ravaged by a massive wildfire that spread across the Carmel Forest. You might remember that, killing 44 people. The fire, which was the deadliest natural disaster in Israel's history led to wide-ranging reforms in the firefighting service. Forest fighters are common in Greece during the hot, dry summers. Temperatures recently hit highs up to 40 degrees Celsius, which is 104 degrees centigrade. Israel at the ready to help to help um, uh, Greece and the wildfires. Keep, and do, do keep those folks in your prayers. And also, I'm sure there will be relief efforts to which we can contribute as well. Well, it is uh, wedding season, you know. Lots of people get married in the summertime. It is traditional for weddings, Jewish weddings, to be held out of doors. Did you know that? So summer is a very, very good time. We're going to talk a little bit about the chuppah, history and traditions from Italy and a little bit around the world. Of all of the traditions that defined the Jewish wedding ceremony, well, there would be two, the breaking of the glass and the chuppah or the bridal canopy. That's one of the most important. (coughs) Excuse me. Mm. A traditional chuppah dating back to the 1300s uh, features openings in the covering so that the bride and groom can see the sky above, and that is to acknowledge God as creator, who infused marriage with deep spirituality and cosmic significance. The chuppah's four open sides symbolize the open horizons that the couple will share in their married life together, and the canopy itself is a symbol of God's love above the married couple, as well as the home they will now share 
share together as husband and wife. And for all of these reasons, it is traditional, as we said, for Jewish weddings to be held outdoors with blue sky above and below the covering a panorama of natural creation all around. The word chopa itself is a Hebrew word whose origins are found in the Hebrew Bible in Joel chapter 2 as well as in Psalm 19. The traditional cloth canopy and four supporting poles has come to represent the Jewish home and is reminiscent of the tent of Abraham that was open on all four sides, the world's first indication of the value of hospitality to strangers. During the ceremony, no chairs or other furnishings are placed under the chuppah, and that is as a reminder that more important than possessions, the foundation of a Jewish home is the people who live within it. As a rabbi who officiates for Jewish and Jewish interfaith weddings in Italy, I often help couples incorporate Italian Jewish traditions into their ceremony. For example, in the Italian Jewish wedding, it's traditional to use a crocheted tablecloth or bed covering, which after the ceremony will be used in the couple's home. In fact, the Italian phrase sotto la coperta, under the covering, signifies the bridal canopy from ancient times. Canopies are often passed from generation to generation as family heirlooms, and brides and grooms often create their own hoppa covering that has its own special meaning. In Matera in Italy, I had the honor of officiating for Jennifer and Enzo, both of them aid workers in Africa, and they celebrated their shared commitment to Tikkun Olam, which is the repair of the world, by creating their own chuppa using African kente cloth collected from their work there. And the kente cloth was sewed together in strips and patches, and it was placed over the four poles, absolutely beautiful, honoring their work in Africa. The basic structure of the chuppah is a canopy supported by four poles and it can be as decorative or as simple as suits the taste of the bride and groom. Festooned with flowers, vines, olive branches or ivy, many chuppot take on the personality of the new family to be created under it. There are two very interesting traditions that we observe here in the Italian Jewish wedding. One is the unity cord, a gold cord, where both mothers come forward and they bind the hands of the of the bride and groom together and then placing their hands on top of the hands of the bride and groom, the rabbi makes a blessing to unify, to unite the two families. And then there is the baby sock tradition. Yes, indeed, baby sock uh, tied to the front two hoppa poles are two baby socks and filled inside the socks is earth, dirt. Now, where does that earth come from? It comes from the town of the birthplace of the bride and the town of the birthplace of the groom. And there is an honor, a blessing given to the to the people who actually buy the baby sock and fill it with the earth. And we tie it to the chuppah and bless those two folks who took on that responsibility. We give the socks to the bride and groom after the wedding. And the tradition is that when they have their first child, and they plant a tree in that child's honor, mixed in with the planting earth will be the earth from the two socks of the birthplaces of mom and dad. And the Sheva Brachot in the Italian tradition, it is the Sheva Brachot or seven wedding blessings help, happens in the begin, in the middle of the ceremony, not in the beginning of the ceremony as is the tradition in the Orthodox wedding, but after the Ketubah signing and the bride circles the 
groom, creating the symbolic walls of peace and love, or Shalom Bayit, peace in the home. In honor of the two weddings we had here in Italy, right here in our synagogue, two loving women who have been together for over 20 years, as well as a diverse couple from Singapore whose children were named following the ceremony, we dedicate a wonderful wedding song. The Shabbat bride, of course, is Lecha Dodi. This is a traditional tune performed by Esaf Neve Shalom from his CD Likra Shabbat and is often sung or played as the bride comes forward to the chuppah. Let's listen. Thank you. 
Enjoyed that. I bet you were singing along to Lechadodi, the voice of Asaf Nevi Shalom from his CD Likrat Shabbat, right here on the Radio Rabbi program. Well, today's Radio Rabbi program is dedicated to the memory of a special lady. Allison Shaman remembers her beloved mother-in-law, Asunta, known lovingly as Mama Sue, who sadly passed away on July 19th, 2018. She was born in Carole, Cosenza, in here in Calabria, and she will be truly missed by all who knew her. And if you would like to dedicate a program on a family simka or in remembrance of someone who passed on, just check my website, rabbibarbara.com, and uh, you'll be able to, to find out exactly how to do, how to do that. Well, the Radio Rabbi program is pluralistic, and what do we mean by that? I'm sure you know. Whether you are Reform or Progressive, Orthodox or Reconstructionist, Conservative or Renewal, Humanistic, Ashkenazi or Sephardic, B'nai means that your ancestors were once conversos, Maranos, or even crypto-Jews like mine. Are you a cultural, a secular, or even a gastronomical Jew? You know what? Well, our, we are all part of the Mishpacha, part of a worldwide wonderful Jewish family. Family, as we say to you, welcome home. This is Rabbi Barbara Aiello, your radio rabbi. We'll see you next week on AM 930 The Answer, FM 103.1 and 93.7. Shalom and Shalom. Shalom, Kaverim. Shalom, Kaverim. Shalom, Kaverim. Shalom, Kaverim.